What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Now, like, let's just get to it. The whole secular sacred divide. There is no distinction in, in the scriptures. Some of us have trust issues with God. And right, some right. of us, yeah, it's like, does God really got us? You can't engage the culture with the gospel that first has not engaged you. Like, you know how people are like, oh, that's just who I am. No. no. <laughs> What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Hope all is well with you guys. Listen, we've got a special guest with us in the building. Oh. Uh, we have recorded an episode before, but this was via Zoom this yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. But he's in the city. He's in the hometown. Yeah. And so we had to make it happen. He's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. <laughs> he's a legend in the game. Like If you, if you listen to... Christian hip-hop, and hip-hop just in general, yeah. you know about this man. Not only is he a rapper, he's a teacher. He pontificates the word brilliantly. Uh, he knows how to exegete the text, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> in addition to that, he's now an author. He's writing books, also a podcaster. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We've got none other than Flame with us. Welcome to the podcast, hey, bro. Glad to be here, my guy. It's an honor to have you, dog. Indeed, man. <laughs> Many people sit in these chairs. I'm honored to sit next to you in this chair, bro. Man, the honor is all mine, Thanks. bro. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, man, I enjoy my time with you. We have sweet, sweet fellowship. Yeah, that's real. Over good food. Yeah. For those who don't know, this man eats healthy. So every time we go out, <laughs> we eat good. That <laughs> part. tonight, though. We're going to get some burgers. Yeah, we're going to tap in to the other side tonight. <laughs> the other side. See how we live in. <laughs> Facts. Let's uh, do it. But I just always love the way you break down the word of God, your heart for not just the, the kingdom of God, the house of God, but the culture. And you're always thinking about ways to serve people. And uh, I always feel edified leaving my time with you. And uh, I always feel smarter, too. Uh, <laughs> just the things that you know, the things that you express, um, I'm always better for it. And so thank you for um, lending us your time mm. and your wisdom today. I'm nice excited show. to get into it. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. Thank you, bro. For real. Yeah. yeah. So you just wrote a book. I want to talk about the book that you wrote. All right. All right. Extra Nose. Indeed. Uh, real quick, because we might have some listeners that don't even know what Extra Nose means. Yeah. So... Break down what extra notes. Well, let me let me let me rewind a little bit. Um, why did you decide to write a book? Let's, mm. let's get there. Okay, like, okay. The we starting. We getting in the weeds. Yeah, yeah. What, what? At what point were you like, you know what? Let me put my pen down. Yeah. I don't want to rap right now. Let yeah. me let me pick up a different pen and write a book. That's a good question, man. I think um, so. Music is a great means of communication. Yeah. But sometimes the, the music can just be a distraction to the content. So the mood, the feel, um, it's, it's more lax and more entertainment driven. So I did approach a point where I was like, man, I want to say some things that, that call for more careful thinking, sort of slowing down a bit. So I think, yeah, being you know, in an author space allows for that. So that was kind of the thinking behind it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can get with that. And then so you're like, okay, I want to. Well, follow up to that. What did you want to say that made you think, like, I can't have music be a distraction? Like, yeah. I, I need them to really hone in on mm. things that the Lord has put on my heart. Yeah, that's, I would say, um, so really, so my music, by and large, for, you know, since my first album has pretty much been kind of didactic. Very teachy, very theological, very topical. I'm always building a case. Yeah, that's right. But I haven't shared much of the sort of emotional journey, like the lived experience, attached to the teaching okay, okay. you know what I mean so I think by way of personality um I like to keep certain things to myself and to people that's in my circle yeah because I think it's something special about this is our story yeah. like we know it in a way that the public doesn't so I value that part but then in a book I was like but I do want to open up a bit and let people into that so they can get the the mood behind some of the thinking wow. it's not just raw doctrine but it's like man here's how I felt when I went through that here's what I thought when I was in that stage of life, yeah. and I wanted people to touch that. Yeah, yeah. that's good. What what gave you the the boldness to share your story? Like, cause that that could be a very vulnerable thing, especially if you don't 
you didn't build a career off of yeah. being personal. Yeah. Like what 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 kind of gave you the confidence, the bonus to say, you know what, let me let me add some color here mm. and share from my personal story. That's good, man. Um I would just say over time just being around real people, transparent people. And then, you know, like we're all in different stages of life, but by and large, the life cycles are there ready for you to jump inside of them. You know what I mean? So there are things your 20s bring with them that the next set of 20s are going to inherently experience. There are things that 30-year-olds will experience that the next set of 30-year-olds will experience those same things. So as I just started at the age, I was like, man, I want to speak to the life cycle, things that I know that are coming things that I know we all grab along the way and I want to help people to know that there are answers and, and and there's content that's been exercised and been vetted that we can tap into as a resource. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I love that. I think that that's important. And I feel like it sounds like what the Lord is doing in you is showing you that you've got some wisdom Mm. and people like me or others (laughs) can benefit from, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, and honestly, I think that's, that's how the Christian, you know, sort of journey should be. Like, we should all be drawing on one another's experiences, each other's stories. I mean, certainly we do it in, when we think about martyrs. And we, it's, it's just, it's different when you read about what a martyr went through, the buildup to that final moment. You know, the prayers they may have prayed, the songs they may have sang. And then you sort of put yourself in their skin. And you imagine yourself in that situation. What would I do? Would I say the same thing? Would I be as bold? Would I cower away? You know what I mean? So I think when we share that stuff, we humanize one another. And then we ultimately highlight how faithful God is age after age, generation after generation. And we can tap into his faithfulness because it's all ours. That's right. You know what I mean? The resources are there for the body of Christ. So Yeah, I love that. Immediately where my mind goes is that passage. Everybody knows that we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And that's right. Like I try to do that even when I'm reading scripture. Uh, one of my favorite books in the New Testament is Second Timothy, mm. and it's because I can really resonate with Timothy's dilemma. Yeah. This man's about to quit on his calling. He's terrified. He's got all this slander coming his way, and here comes Paul, who's also about to be beheaded. That part. That <laughs> it's part. his last letter ever written, yeah. and it's just the way he encourages Timothy. The, the things that he chooses to say, the the encouragement that he gives and then the way Timothy receives that it's just beautiful. And I can see myself in that story. I can, I can resonate, you know, if anybody's ever gone through slander as a leader, you feel like quitting, you feel Mm. like giving up and, and knowing that Timothy was human enough to experience that, to feel that. And then for him to run to his mentor and his mentor, encourage him in that just a beautiful thing. And so I love that. I love that. Yeah. So extra notes. I think that you talking about what this book or what that title even means will kind of launch us into yeah. some of the content in the book. Yeah. Yes, extra notes. Yeah. So, um, well, firstly, it was a new term to me. Yeah. So I was studying the seminary, and I heard the term, yeah. extra notes. And it's a Latin phrase that means outside of us. Yes. So I just, I was drawn by those words. And I think um, I found them to be a healing bomb in terms of where do we direct our eyes? The eyes of our hearts, out of eyes of our minds, we direct them to Christ, the one who did the work for us, you know, completed the work on the cross for us. So in that way, that was just helpful for me, man. And um, so, yeah, I want to talk more about that for saints. Where do do we look? You know what I mean? That's good. I want to, I mean, you and I have talked about this off camera, but, you know, it's so weird because in the Christian space, we talk about having grace to get in. Mm. But then we kind of leave grace behind, but we need grace to also walk this life out, <laughs> right? And so Thanks. for some reason, you know, we, we preach that works can't save you, but somehow we look to works to sustain us. And that's, we got to, again, look outside of ourselves yeah. and fix our eyes on the one who can actually sanctify us into the person that God's ultimately calling us to. Yeah, so yeah. you want to speak, because I know, I don't, I don't know how much of this you get into the book, but you had that journey too of, feeling the discouragement of, okay, like I, I'm, I'm trying to love Jesus, but I'm always falling short. Oh my goodness. Am I one sin away from the Lord being done with me? <laughs> Facts, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like what, how do you, yeah. Woo, nah, man, it's, it's, it's been a journey, bro. But the thing about it to your point is, um, 
it's it's more subtle and sneaky on the inside of the Christian experience. So we're we're like we're very well guarded on the front end against works based salvation. So we got all our armory up, and we know we're justified by faith alone. Paul says that Romans five and and everywhere else he says it. So, but then on the inside of the Christian experience. You know, and this is just across denomination. Whether you're in an experience of Christianity, or to use C.S. Lewis's analogy, if Christianity is a building, the denominations will be different rooms. So, if you're in one of those rooms where Christianity is sort of shaped around having God's favor, having God's blessing, you attach your praise to that. The way you emote a certain type of, you know, loud volume or you know, loud, you know, exaggerated dance or whatever, respectfully. So. You wouldn't think, man, I'm tying my response to God's favor, God's blessing in a way that can come back and bite me if I do give a bunch of shabox and, you know what I'm saying, loud, emoted, and then I don't get that spouse I prayed for. I don't get that car I was hoping to or that job, you fill in the blank. So I started to, throughout my Christian journey, recognize those things or other rooms where certain rooms demand you know, pure motives and sort of getting into the weeds of what are you thinking about what you're thinking about? How are you feeling about what you're feeling? So when you, that's, you know, subterranean levels, levels into examining your heart, your thoughts and motives, it's dark and nasty down there. You know what I mean? And if you're an honest person, you'll say, it ain't what it's supposed to be. And then, um, so it's kind of that. That's kind of what helped me, you know, think more better about, ooh, I need the guard on the back end. From works attaching to faith as well. What was that process like for you? Was that immediate or did it take some time before realizing, hey, this ain't working and I keep getting confronted by the ugly yeah. and I don't know how much longer I could continue doing it this way? Like, what, what was that yeah. process from recognizing that on the back end there needs to be some work done and then yeah. actually getting some work done? It's, it's so funny because, you know, especially if you have, like, I feel like God has given me, um, you know, like a warrior spirit, this yeah. personality that, um, like, I'm, I'm just, I have that sort of long suffering. Yeah, He's yeah. giving me that kind of thing. I like to be in a thick with people, yeah. with struggle. Like, I feel like there's a grace to be in those places yeah. and to know God is there, we good. Yeah. So with that sort of bent and personality, like, I'm going to try to go the extra mile. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what that translates to is, well, if I need to pray more, I'm going to pray more. If I need to read my Bible more, I'm going to read my Bible more. If I need to share my faith more in more embarrassing and personality-bending ways, <laughs> let's do it. That's what yeah, God yeah. want me to do. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And the more you dig your heels into that expression, and then you, you keep noticing that it's not where it should be, right. then you sort of turn in on yourself. It, flip, it turns on you. So it's like you were in control of that energy, then that energy sort of bites you back. And now you're vulnerable to the other side, which is the temptation to think you're contributing something to God's favor, God's blessing, or even your own faith. You know what I mean? So I had to notice that within myself, like, and I'm kind of out on a limb. And, and, And the fact that I'm feeling like I'm not good enough for God, I'm distancing myself from what the gospel is. Because yeah. I should have never felt like I was good enough for God in the first yeah, place. Yeah, that's right. That's but I started to sort of over time convince myself that he's blessing my this or that and the other because he sees my faithfulness or my intentions or my motivations. And I started tying that and threading that into God's blessing in a way that should have just been, no, God is just good. Yeah. He's faithful even when we're not. Yes, that's right. That's you know, right. That's even right. when he shouldn't be faithful because we really are yeah. not on point. He's yeah. just a good dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you had a line. So you, you gave a, ser- a wonderful sermon tonight on the rich young ruler. And you, you, you had a line that I'm, I'm actually still thinking about. And I might I might butcher it, but I <laughs> nah, think you're going to think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Where um, you said, uh, you know, the gospel is founded on God's promises for us and not his expectations of us. Mm. I don't know if I said that correctly. No, you did. Yeah. Yeah. But that line hit me like a ton of bricks because that communicates the point you're trying to make. Yeah. It's his faithfulness over our performance. And it's so funny because to your point you're saying earlier, we know that. We do. We preach that. <laughs> we got songs about that. <laughs> 
But why is that so hard to believe, though, that, yeah. like, God needs my help? But can you unpack that quote? Because I think that's a profound quote yeah. and how that translates itself in our day-to-day life. Yeah, it's it's um so because we have the Holy Spirit and we're in Christ yeah. and he's started this healing process in us yeah. where he's causing us to, you know, hunger and thirst after righteousness. Yeah. So as you get into that and you start to want to fight for purity, you want to do devotionals in the morning and be a witness in your and then you kind of get good at it, you know, and um, That's right. and then your life changes and, you know, relationships are mended and like it's these natural things that start to happen yeah. and sort of right in front of you, you're you're learning this new behavior. Yeah. But the sneaky thing is, is how you prioritize what that means. Right. So if that starts to mean more than this is just my reasonable service. This is just me living out my various vocations or stations in life before my neighbor. When it starts to function more like this is the coin I'm putting in a slot machine yeah, yeah. to get the the wins from God. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you start thinking like, oh, he blessed me with a, a successful book yeah, because yeah. my prayer life is on point. Yeah. Or he, all these people came to the show. All these yeah. people... Or hearing the good news yeah. because God sees something in me. Mm-hmm. And that's where the wires cross, yeah. where we have to keep those two things separate. separate. So, you know, you got this vertical righteousness where God delivers to us the righteousness of Christ. Yes. And you have this horizontal righteousness that we shouldn't mingle or mix yes. where we exercise those good works before one another. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Once you start mingling those two, then it gets fuzzy. Yes, yes. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. And then we start to take God's good law uh-huh. and think, oh, I can actually pull this off. Yeah. Which is what a rich young ruler was. Yeah. Or a rich young man. He thinking like, all right, I mean, I've been holding this yeah. down since I was a youth, he yeah, told yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus like, this. man, <laughs> this guy, he really think he holding it down like that. Right. You feel me? So now nah, that's that's where that you know that bar comes from is just uh, helping unpack that. Yeah. You know, it's that sneaky journey, and I think the enemy he he knows where to where to pull and tug. Yeah. And the old Adam in us, yeah, yeah, we will use the word of God against ourselves. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When we start living more by the law in that way. I got I got to ask you a really practical question, and this is a selfish question. Turn up, turn up. Um, but I hear this a lot, especially me. For those who've been following me for a while, you know, I've been building this platform. We're trying to get on, you know what I'm saying? We're trying, <laughs> trying to, to, we're trying to make it as a creator, it. you know? Seriously. And um, a lot of the times the advice I hear from TikTokers, vloggers, content creators, those who've made it in the Christian space, they say, if you want God to bless your business, you want God to bless your podcast, you want God to bless your content, you got to live a certain way. Mm. God will not elevate you unless like he can trust you. Mm. And to what, I mean, you're, you're saying those two should, I mean, you want to be faithful. Yeah, indeed. But not so your business can blow up. Right. You, you want to be faithful because God has been good to you. <laughs> he saved you. Right. Therefore. But then it could get tricky though, because now we'll start, you know, doing things because we think that in doing these things, it means that we will have material success. We'll have worldly success. And I, I kind of want you to speak to that a little bit because I think there's a little bit of prosperity gospel in that. True. Right? Where if you do this right, then... And, and one of the things, I mean, you know, from conversations I've had with people that I know they're doing at a high level, I'm learning God blesses the mess. <laughs> You know that that's not not all our favorite Christian YouTubers and podcasters and artists are as faithful as you think they are. I mean, they're doing the best they can, but God is blessing them despite them. Therefore, and we don't talk about that. We don't, bro. And I and one, I I like so it's similar to I'm sure you've heard this before. Where people say, "Don't let your talent take you where your character can't, can't keep, keep you." you. Yeah. And I, I get the sentiment. I yeah. get the idea. But it's it's very similar. Like, yeah. it's like God is responding one to one based on your mm. behavior. Yeah, and yeah. he'll let you stay there if you're really good. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's all kind of in the same school of thought. But when you go to the Bible, it's just not as consistent with that. I mean, David was the king, bro. Right. Yeah, 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 His yeah. character 
And talent took him way somewhere higher than his character could keep him, so to speak. Um, And and all the the people that we champion in the Bible. I mean, these weren't like per se moral examples. I mean, you start getting into the life of Abraham yeah, and, yeah. and Jacob and Everybody. David Samson. and Samson. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like sometimes we sanitize our brothers in a way that the Holy Spirit didn't choose to. Like he put that mess in the book so we can see what he does. Yeah. But we sanitize it and try to make them like these moral examples yeah. and uh, in a way that's just not honest. Now, are we saying do whatever you want? No. no I mean, that's obviously yeah. destructive. Yeah, yeah. Um are we saying that God doesn't see your good efforts and decide to bless you? Yeah. Of course he does. He could do whatever he wants. But his blessings aren't tied to you. They're tied to himself. Mm-hmm. They're tied to his faithful covenant to himself. Yeah. I'm God. Yeah. I love my children. Yeah. I'm going to give them food and drink and provision even when they're being bad. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Good, and I'm going to I'm going to communicate healthy law to them yeah. and what paul says he says that the letter kill it but the spirit gives life yeah. so the purpose of the law paul says is to increase trespass yes. so what the law it confronts us and we feel that yeah. so it kills us but that's all it can do that's all that's his job it's like i'm done you know what i'm saying <laughs> then the gospel comes in and does what we what we can't do yeah. what the law can't do yeah. and it's that it's that you know application of what jesus accomplished yeah. and when we see that we do rightfully say, man, I want to do good business. Yeah. I want to be faithful and regularly upload my episodes because I know it's people depending on it. Right. And it's not to twist God's arm, yeah, but it's to be a, a tool in God's hands to serve his people. Because yeah. yeah. that's the cool thing about God. I mean, in Matthew 25, like Jesus talked about, he says, when you've done this to the least of them, you've done that to me. And they like, when do we do this to you? He said, when I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was naked, you clothed me. I was in prison, you visited me. They say, when do we see you in prison? When do we see you naked? And he said, when you did it to the least of them, you did it as unto me. So the cool thing is, they were so busy doing good works, yeah, yeah, they yeah. didn't even know they were serving Jesus. Yeah. So you serve Jesus by serving others. Yes, yes. So we should be able to just be lost in doing good for the sake of neighbor and not twisting God's arm for blessing. That's good, man. But just do what you're supposed to do as a dad, a husband, a friend, though not perfectly. Because that's where the gospel comes in. It says you're not going to do it perfectly, though. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I want to touch on that. Right there in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, my favorite, something I've been meditating on for some time, Right. Uh, when the, the, the man with the five talents and the man with the two talents come back, the, the master doesn't say, well done, good and fruitful servant. Mm. He says, well done, good and faithful servant, mm. right? So did they double what they had initially? Of course. Yeah. But he doesn't focus on the success of their faithfulness. Yeah. He wants to highlight their faithfulness. Mm. And I think that we're missing that in our generation where we equate fruit with god's pleasure and yeah. i think there is some pleasure in that and and and, and we want to be fruitful i yeah. mean you know the the, the cultural mandate <laughs> <laughs> you know the light company wants you to be fruitful too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. and so this podcast gonna be over yeah. in a minute <laughs> for real for real that part but I want you to talk about like the beauty of faithfulness without trying to put God in our debt. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause they weren't, you know, they didn't go out saying I'm going to double this. Well, at least the text doesn't apply that. Yeah. They just were working what God had put in their hands yeah. and he celebrated their faithfulness. Yes. Beautiful. And, and, and the cool thing about fruitfulness yes. is that God intended it to be on the ground. Mm. So, you know, wow. um, you know, like I, I like quoting the psalm that says, um, God says, if I were hungry, yeah. I would not tell you, yeah. but the earth and everything in it is mine. Right. So God is establishing, I don't need anything from you. Right, right. And let's just say I had a need out of nowhere. Yeah. Why would I <laughs> Why would I bring it up to you? Right, right. I, I literally own everything. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I like taking that thought and the idea of God not needing our good works, yeah. but our neighbor needing them. So you see what God has done. He's positioned fruit, not for himself. Like he he has no need. He has no emptiness, no insufficient within himself. He needs, he doesn't need our praise, our prayers, our thoughts, none of that. But he delights in them. He chooses to delight in them. That's a freedom on him. But it doesn't 
feed any hunger or any appetite in him. So the fruit is literally supposed to be enjoyed in the context of community, in the context of church life, in the context of loving on our non-Christian friends. You know, so when we think of, man, so the language I love throughout the, in the, you know, the earlier part of Reformation is um, Luther talked about the hidden God or how God hides himself in our actions. So we are his hands and his feet in that way. And if you think about all the steps to everything we need, bro, think of how faithful God has been to get us all the vegetation, the brilliant minds who fly us in and out of cities and the food. I mean, Chick-fil-A. Yes, sir. All the people that nurture that good chicken chicken sandwich, you feel me? (laughs) Make sure that honey roasted barbecue is packaged well for a flame coming in with this app ready to get them point. Like all the steps that it takes, we ought to see that that's God caring for us. Physicians, doctors, people that clean up crime scenes, everything. God is like inside us like a jacket and and pants serving us. So if we think of it that way and keep fruit on the ground, in that way, God is... It's like, man, you're doing what I designed you to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know what's crazy is we, we were insecure over fruit, but fruit was never there to serve us. It was to serve our neighbor. Bang. Right? Amen. Well Same said. with our righteousness. Yeah. Our, our performance is not to measure God's love for us. It was meant to serve our neighbor, right? Yeah. We, we, we don't want to lie, not because we're not trying to get to hell and go to heaven. Yeah. We, don't, we don't lie because... We don't want to hurt our neighbor, right? Yes. That's what John says. Love covers a multitude of sins. Yes. It doesn't mean we cover that. I've, I've heard people translate that to say, oh, when you love somebody, you look over their, you, you just kind of disregard their sin. Mm. That's not what that means. It means when you love someone, you don't sin against them. Mm. Love covers a multitude. Like you don't lie. You don't cheat. You don't. Wow. And so I love this working definition because fruit now doesn't become Okay, now I, I can I can I can start the business. I could start the podcast. I I can and a lot of the times I feel like we're looking for that to um how do I want to put this? I think sometimes there's things in us that aren't whole. Mm. And so we're looking for fruit to validate Ooh. us. And like to your point, fruit is there to serve our neighbor. And I think that same with righteousness. We're trying to prove something to ourselves we're trying to prove that we love god yeah that i'm i love him with everything i would die for him but then really it's it's not about you it's about your neighbor and so i'm sure you get into this in the book but just speak on that just extra notes you look outside yourself for your salvation but we we work on our salvation we work out our salvation in fear and trembling so that we can be the kind of neighbor that God delights in. Yeah, exactly, bro. I, I think so it's helpful when you think about this in terms of what is God getting at? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what does it mean to be a, a creature, number one? What does it mean to be a human creature, yeah. a Christian human creature, shall I say? And um, so in Christ, we have his righteousness. Yeah. And I think it's important to think about that. It's important to realize that, Jesus died for our sin and anybody getting into heaven is because of Jesus. That's right. That's it. It's not because you overcame a certain vice in X amount of time or space. Um, Like if we keep this, the narrative in place, right? So, I mean, James says it, if you break one law, you've broken them all. The Bible says that, you know, um, that one sin angers God. Yeah. Says that our righteousness is that of a filthy rag. Yeah, yeah. So when you understand those realities and you let the law be as big as it uh, is, yeah, yeah. you start to realize how impossible it is to save yourself. Yes. It does not matter how far up the ladder you've climbed yeah. in some moral up, uh, uh, you know, improvement. So with that being said, I think it's helpful for us to realize Man, Jesus has already done the work. I am contributing nothing, nothing. nothing. to my salvation. Right. Now, the cool thing is God allows us to get rewards for good works, but those rewards he produced in us anyway. That's right. That's so it's right. like him rewarding himself, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, through and through, salvation is of the Lord. Yeah. And that should free us up to move out into the world with a certain freedom. Yeah. So any insecurity that I have or any way I would try to manipulate fruit 
to get something from God, I have to I have to be reminded, which is what God does. He would he reminds us regularly through word and sacrament, through the fellowship of the saints and how we commune with one another so that we always are remembering the story. It's like at every point. And here's the other thing, too. I've been around long enough to see this thing run its course with people that thought, man, I've been twisting God's arm for a long time. I've been being good. I've been being holy. And um, and and they thought they could outweigh some type of sin or vice or outweight or they thought they were more patient than the devil or something. Yeah. And over time, when certain prayers don't get answered or certain things don't happen, I've been around long enough to see what how that can weaken a person based off in their minds. They were waiting for God to do something in response to their efforts, something that God didn't promise. Yeah, that's and that's the unfortunate part is you see the tail end of it is a person that thought, man, I kept myself pure and I was hoping to get married by a certain point. Yeah. And then you start to add these expectations onto God and um, it, can, it, can, it can snatch your faith away, yeah, you know, right. depending on how you understand that. But it can, it can lead to that kind of apostasy. How do we switch it up? How do we change our heart so that we don't, we're not putting God in our debt, right? Mm. Like how can we, cause that's, that's, that's beautiful to note that it's actually humbling to note that you can't put God in your debt. God is God. Yeah. And there's nothing you and I can do to change that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how do we, cause I, you know, I think it takes a level of self-awareness to understand first and foremost, oh man, like I, I'm not really pure because I, I actually care about God. I just want a great sex life when I'm married. Right? Yeah. That's a, yeah. So it takes a level of self-awareness to, but then once you're there, how do we get to a place where we say, okay, Lord, change my heart. What do I need to do? Is it the fellowship of the saints? Is it what I meditate on? Is it, what do we need to do so that God um, is pleased with the meditation of our heart and that yeah. we're in a place where we're not tricking ourselves into deception? Yeah. Now that's a loaded question, bro. Yeah. So I think one, so there's a version of Christianity that's in the land um, and it touches everybody. doesn't matter what room you find yourself in, in a building. There's just a version of Christianity that, um, that has prioritized sanctification in a weird space. So depending on where you have sanctification placed in a room, you might, you might keep hitting your toe on it or it might function as that little pebble in your shoe and it's just hard to walk because it's just annoying. You know what I'm saying? So I think, so part of it is the way we talk about spiritual growth, maturity. I think sometimes we have that positioned in the way that God is responding to. So I think that's one conversation. Um, I think the sacraments are another conversation that might help us think better about what does it mean to be saved and what does it mean? How do you know that you're saved? at every state and on the journey. So we have to have some conversations about that. Yeah. And uh, so I think by and large, it's just having a better conversation, mm. helping the church understand the distinction between law and gospel. Yeah. So if I read something in the Bible where God, anything God says to do is a law. Yeah. So if Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, that's a command. That's a, command. That's a law. Yeah. So it's good to try not to worry, yeah. but then you have to, Humble yourself to know that, that I, I will worry, and that is a sin. Not, not just healthy concern, but like a deep worry, a controlling, gripping worry. And, and we have to better understand, ah, so I, I can't do the thing Jesus is asking me in a way that he's asking me. And that keeps you realizing that you're saved by his work. So we have to have more clearer conversations about what the law is, what the gospel is, and how they function, and clearer understanding of the gospel being a predominant message of Christianity. Yeah. I mean, Jesus says, go therefore and share the gospel, yeah. the good news. So the, yeah. the main thing we're sharing, yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing that makes Christianity unique from all other world religions, because there's people that's killing us yeah. in prayer commitment and, yeah. and moral improvement. Yeah, yeah. They're killing us in dietary laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing that we have that's unique yeah. is the forgiveness of sin, bro, and the grace of God. So as we talk about how to engage grace, and then people that are freaking out right now, they're thinking antinomianism, lawlessness, people abusing grace. That's a healthy reflex. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we can talk about 
Now, how do we understand God's law as a Christian? Yeah. Oh, it functions as a guide. It shows us what's God's way. So we'll start making up stuff. Yeah. So God gave us his good law that yeah. in, the, in, that, in that use, in that function. We would say the third use of the yeah. law in my space. But it's just this use of the law that's not condemning. Yeah. It doesn't have, it's the teeth of the law on there to rip you apart. They don't have, that's not the power in the law. Yeah. It's just to help you understand what do I do with my seconds, my minutes, my days. And we get these clear cut categories yeah. and we start to talk about them. And I think that makes you live in the freedom yeah. of what is already yours. Right. So you move yeah. out into the world, not even always with this horizontal yeah. obsession, yeah. what I'm offering to God and what he's thinking about what I'm thinking and, you know, that kind of thing. And you, you sort of shrink that appetite because it's yeah. an expanded appetite. Yeah. And you have to shrink that back to where you realize I am free in Christ, yeah. but I'm also free to serve people and free to pursue purity. But I'm also free to not be overwhelmingly consumed with where I am right now. Yeah. Is you know sometimes preaching can be this moving target. You know what I'm saying, and you just kind of don't know where you are. Right, right. You know, right. so we got to sort of have those kind of conversations. I love it. That's good. As you're speaking, my mind went a million different directions. <laughs> you broke down different segments. And <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I do want to do that because I also want to hone in on a lot. I, I'm not sure you're unpacking all this throughout the book, but I wanted to ask you. What's your favorite chapter that you wrote in the book and why? Ooh, that's hard, bro. I've never been asked that question. Um, let me see. It's probably going to be at one of the turning points. I think, um, I think the scariest part and probably the hardest part to write was when I was considering leaving Christianity, mm -hmm. which was wow for me to even be considering. And um, yeah. so that was a hard part to revisit. Um, I think it's called like looking within or something like that in the book. But yeah, in that space where I was just like, man, God, I don't know if I could pull this off in the way you want. And um, yeah, that on top of just other, you know, just things happening in my life, a lot of losses. Yeah, it, it sort of it puts you in that that low space you just never imagined being in, bro. I can imagine Job, not not equating myself with him, but just in terms of yeah, yeah, yeah. getting to that low point where you start questioning God. Yeah, that's right. That's like, right. yo, like, where are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was a that was a difficult part. Mm. And uh, but I think the cool thing about the book is you can see mm. my theology. Mm. So you you'll be able to tie that to ideas and concepts and chapters and verses. So you'll really be able to walk inside of my mind and see and feel what I was thinking while I was feeling it. Yeah. And you can go back to those texts and see how I was understanding them and then see if you understand them that way. Yeah. And hopefully in that, the Holy Spirit can illuminate better ways to think about some popular texts. Yeah. And uh, so that was, yeah, that was probably one of the yeah, most moving parts for I, me. I love that. Yeah. And, and what I love about you doing that is, and I remember when we've had conversations and you were sharing that you had those moments and the loss that you're feeling. I was like, yo, you know, I, I grew up listening to your music. Yeah. You know, you put me on to a whole bunch of theology, pastors, and, you know, the music that you made helped keep me. You know, yeah. the Lord used that to. Wow. And what I love about you being honest is it you're you're human now, you know. And I think in the last three years, we haven't allowed people to be human. And I think that it's hurtful when we don't do that because life touches all of us. It touches all of us. And we're, we're allowed to question. I think some oh man, a guy said it like this. It's okay to question God as long as you don't question God. Mm. There's a lot there. I get that. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I love that you're inviting us into the process of how you let the word of God deal with you in that moment. But what I love about that is, and even the conversations we've had, you, despite how you felt, still invited him into it. Mm. And can you speak to, because I think that when things get difficult, when things get dark, yeah. the temptation is to just let go of yeah. his word, let go of who he is. But and I know it's the work of grace. I know it's it's God keeping you and His Spirit alive in you. Um, but can you speak to not just? I know the book gets into the the particulars of what passages, that, yeah. but 
what was it like to still walk with him when everything in you said, I don't want to do this at all? <laughs> Bro. Okay, so good question. Because my internal life at one point was really tied to um, certain ideas. So because I because at the time I thought God was really in the weeds in my motivations and my affections, I would even sanitize my prayers or I would give all these disclaimers to God when I pray. So if I wanted to say something raw to God, I would give disclaimers. I know that's not right. Um, I know you you want us to love. I, I couldn't say the raw thing because I wanted him to know I'm I know, I know the right answers, and I know I'm wrong, you know, sort of trying to show him I know that I need help, that kind of, thinking that it was humility. But if you just think about that in in a regular relationship, bro, if you got a spouse or with your friend, and you want to tell your friend that you're sad about something, and you just be, and all you keep saying is, I know I shouldn't be sad, you know, I got a lot in life to be thankful for, and ain't no reason for me to be upset. Your friend going to be like, bro, yeah. like, it's cool. Yeah. Like, just tell me why you sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I want to I know that part of you. Yeah. you know, I want to be a friend to you in that, in that space, too. But that was kind of scary for me because I, I had it tied to, well, if God, if I just say this out of my mouth, yeah. it's admitting something that's bad. And then, so all that to say, the thing for me was, being able to just be raw with God, like uncut. Yeah. I mean, them Davidic prayers. <laughs> with David, like, murder my enemies, God. Yeah, yeah, Cut yeah. them down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you think, like, sometimes we, you know, we talk about not saying certain things in front of certain Christians or we have, like, language we wouldn't want to say in front of Jesus, that kind of stuff. But if you, if you put that in relational terms, Jesus, he want all that. He want the real, the raw, the honest you. Not saying be disrespectful or demeaning to our Lord, but just be truthful and transparent in a way that he already knows. I mean, it's not like he don't know what you're thinking anyway. So to, to be able to be more vulnerable with God, man, that liberated me. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I lost my mom, bro, like, I was thrown for a loop. You feel me? And then 10 months later to lose my dad, like, I'm literally, like, so confused. You know what I mean? So it's just, and I, you know, at the time, I wanted to show God, it's like, do I have to show you that I'm strong, that I counted all this loss for the sake of Christ, that I know you're doing this for your glory? Do I have to, like, sanitize all of these things to show you I'm still rocking with you? Or can I just fold in your arms and just cry and just be like, oh, man, I don't get this. You know what I mean? So that was a turning point for me. And everybody might not have that kind of internal journey. Yeah. But for us that us that do, the people that hear this podcast, that's like, that's me. I think like that. They, they will understand that journey and know it's not as easy as just turning that on. You know what I'm saying? And um, that could be an unhealthy thing when you don't know how to have that type of intimacy yeah. with God. You know what I mean? I mean, that makes me think, I mean, Whenever God asks a question in the scriptures, it's never because he doesn't know the answer to that. It's because he wants us to admit where we're at. Yes. <laughs> right? He loves that. He loves that. Yeah. And, and I feel like sometimes in Christian culture, we make it seem like God does not want to hear where you're at. When in all reality, he knows and he wants you to admit where you're at. Yes. So then he can begin to work. It's like that age old saying, you can't heal what you don't reveal. And, um, I love that because I do think that we have an issue sometimes with being vulnerable with God, but really we're really shooting ourselves in the foot by not being honest yeah. with God. Yeah. Um, so much to say there, so much to unpack there. Yeah. Um, so much to touch on, but I'm also trying to be mindful of your time and everything. It's good. So it's good, bro. I want to, I want to, I want to ask like, why did you write this book mm. and who did you have in mind when you're writing this book? Cause yeah. it sounds like you're really going there. Yeah. So I got two audiences in mind. So yeah. one, I have the audience that's living in that low space mm. and they don't have the terms. They don't have the scriptures to work it out. Like they're, tr they're discovering it. Yeah. They're discovering discontentment. Yeah. They're reexamining scripture and to see 
do I still think the same about this text? So I, I'm thinking about them that are currently in that space. And then I'm thinking about the people that are approaching that space. So, and I'm only using this for the sake of conversation, but let's just say you're in your 20s. Yeah. There's um, that, that stage of the life cycle, life, life has presented itself to you probably in a very black and white way. Yeah. I mean, just the energy in your body, things are probably, you know, a lot more fun. Yeah. You know, you got your parents, you planning your career. Yeah. Life is pretty black and white. Not that it's easy, no, yeah. but it's just um, you have this energy to discover. Things are still in front of you. Yeah. But there, there are stages ahead of you that have inherent tailor-made pitfalls. So I want to write to those pitfalls so that when you step your foot in one, you don't think God isn't in there. You could discover a book, Extranos, Discovering Grace Outside Myself, and say, oh, God's in this low spot? Oh, God's in this dark place? Oh, God's over here with this kind of loss? So I'm thinking about those two different audiences, and I want them to, to discover that God is, he's in all the peaks and the pits, bro. He's in all the peaks and the pits. And all the things that are secret in you that you might hide, struggles, vices. And it's, it, it, it's a mystery to all of us why in the Holy Spirit's wisdom, he didn't just make sanctification this instantaneous thing. But in his wisdom, he decided to leave a fragmented experience of spiritual growth. Why did he choose that? He didn't, he didn't tell us. Yeah, yeah. So to your point, it's something that in his freedom, he, he, he chose to delight in our transparency, our honesty, because he knows where we all are. But when you, when you let him know, what was the dude that had the Pharisee beating his chest like? I'm glad I ain't like that dude. Vile, snitch, liar, you know what I'm saying? Debased. And the other dude, buddy, was just like, he didn't even want to lift his head. He like, have mercy on me, O oh Lord. You know what I mean? The woman at the well, she like, man, head low. You know what I'm saying? She came out certain hour because she know ain't nobody going to be out now. So Jesus met her in that space. Like, who, who, who's, your, who's your man? Who's your husband? You feel me? Like, he, he already know how you get down. But he liked that honesty, that transparency, because he want to meet you in that space and say, I'm here. I'm in that place with you. And I'm going to continue to be in that place with you. So you can freely still go out in the world, express your talents, express your gifts, but you're staying near the saints. You're staying near word and God is sacrament where you're hearing law and gospel. So God's going to pull on you. His Holy Spirit going to say, eh, you're going too far. And sometimes he's going to say, you ain't going far enough. Enjoy some of life. Ooh, come back. You trip. You know what I'm saying? Let his spirit. He's going to do that. And we should just rest in, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And just go out and do good in the world. Be free to do good. Love on people. Serve them. Pursue purity and honesty. But when you fall, know that you have an advocate that can sympathize with you and already paid the price for your sin, bro. That's beautiful. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. And that, I mean, you're. This, I got one more question. We're turn done. up. Turn up. What would you see to, say to that person who hasn't picked up extra notes yet, mm. um, or the person who's listening to this podcasting? I need to cop that. Yeah. Um, who, who says in their mind and in their heart, I feel you, but I just don't feel like God has what it takes to deal with my pit. Yeah. Who, who, and who, who says, yo, I, I get your story flame and I love that God showed up for you, but you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've seen. Um, what would you say to someone who struggles to believe that God can meet them? Mm. Ooh, that's good. You know, uh, Paul called himself the chief of sinners. And I don't think that was just an ancient swaggy way of saying, I mean, I'll be, I'll be messing up sometime. I think he understood something about himself and was honest. I think that thing you're perplexed by perplexed him. He wrote about it in Romans 7. When I want to do good, evil is lurking around. He didn't celebrate it like, woo, I'm trash. Let's gloat in that. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me? Like, it disrupted part of his peace. You know what I'm saying? So in that transparency, we should see all manner of humans. You see the Davids. You see the Abrahams, the Jacobs. You see the Rahabs. 
You know what I'm saying? Jesus aligns himself with a prostitute. He says he's of her heritage. You know what I'm saying? He says he's a son of David when he's running down a lineage in the book of Matthew chapter 1. Like Jesus is tying himself to prostitutes, liars, fantastic. Like he's saying, I'm from that bloodline. I got bad blood in me. Not that he has any sin in him. But his, his, his heritage in terms of his humanity comes through these regular sinners who sin bad. So you should be able to find yourself in the scriptures and see how God deals with you in whatever low spot you are and realize you're not beyond the pale of saving. In fact, you're perfect for saving because Jesus came for sinners. If you, he, he's a physician for the sick. If you ain't sick and direly so, Matter of fact, you're dead. Yeah. If you don't need resurrection yeah, yeah. and that type of healing, yeah. then you don't need Jesus. That's right. That's but right. if you're honest enough to say what 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 you're saying, like I'm 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 bad, then he got grace for you. He got grace for you. Yeah. You feel me? And wow. and ongoingly so, as you in a bumpy and rocky and fragmented way, yeah. figure it out along the way yeah. in that part. And God will he'll link you up with resources and practical stuff to. Yeah. Help you figure out how to be a better friend, a better spouse or employee or whatever. You know what I mean? Because that's part of what the Holy Spirit is doing, too. He's sanctifying us. He's invested, you know? I love it. That reminds me of the last time you got on the podcast. You talked about getting rid of arbitrary timelines. Mm. I mean, as you're speaking right now, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, I think, like, we look at our season and and we we call something final that's in process, you know? And uh, we don't know what the Lord's doing. And what he'll continue to do, yeah. give him time. Yeah, so. I, mean, I think of the Moseses who he didn't enter the promised land. Yeah, that's right. You know that's what right. I mean? You talk about going all the way to the end and just still not performing right. Yeah. But we saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. By God's grace. Yeah. So, Amen, bro. Well, I've I'm thoroughly enjoying this conversation likewise. i've been fed likewise um do you have any last thoughts before we wrap this one up any Man, last nah thank you bro thanks for having me back on a pie you feel yeah, me yeah i hope people get the through. book i hope people uh yeah. you know what I'm saying work through it yeah. ask questions ask hard questions yeah. don't go easy on me yeah. be a good berean <laughs> if i'm is. saying something in the bible dismiss it yeah, you feel yeah, me yeah, yeah. but enjoy it's fun it's funny it's funny parts in there so you're gonna laugh you're gonna you might cry and uh you're gonna feel good so that's yeah. good. Now let them know where they can cop the book. Indeed, indeed. So you can go to extranosacademy.com. So my Shopify store is there. And it's all over, you know, Amazon. Also, the audio book is available. Oh, so awesome. people that's commuting, going to and fro at the gym. And I'm actually reading a book myself. Okay, and it's ask. produced. So we got the music bed. And, the, and so, for example, I was in a tragic accident. You're going to hear the tire screech. You're going to hear the car collision. Yeah. So it's a real immersive experience as you enjoy the audio book, too. So, Love yeah, it. tap in. Y'all heard the man. If this conversation didn't compel you to get the book, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) And so thank you, Flame, for joining us once again. Until next time, family, peace and grace.